0: Time to get those bonus miles, here's your girl, Autumn Miles.
1: Okay, you guys, the main thing I love about my guest is her transparency Um, when it comes to just saying, listen, I've struggled with something and I found some freedom in it and I want to help you out. My guest for the day uh, is I really feel like this whole book, this whole we're going to talk through uh, devotional is a word in season for right now. The struggle is real with anxiety and fear. Like it is like real, (laughs) it is, listen, it is in the church. It is like. In your neighborhood, it is in your children. It is real. So my guest today, best-selling author Rebecca Lyons, is here to join me, and she is releasing a brand new devotional. And I love that it's a devotional because I think we need people to point us towards the Scripture with this, not just read about it in a book. Um, She's here to join me today, Rebecca. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to the Autumn Mile Show.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me, girl. Such a joy to be with you again.
1: Okay, do you remember us sitting together on an airplane like a couple of years ago?
0: I absolutely do. I, I love those encounters, you know, like who does that? Who, ha- who meets someone on an airplane and then like you become friends? I love it. That was so- I,
1: I think with your personality that probably happens a lot actually. Yeah. Listen, I don't meet strangers very often. Like everyone's my friend, but I just remember—I remember you talking about—and I want to talk about your family because I've adopted two. They're they're in the first grade. We dropped them off at the first grade yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had dro- adopted two kids too, and I remember having a combo with you on that flight. I don't even remember where we were going, but um, maybe Nashville. Uh, some I don't even remember, but. You were talking about adopting then. I remember you talking to me about it. Give us an update on your world and on your life. I
0: know it. Well, it is crazy. It did happen. I mean, we brought her home from China in December fifteenth uh, of twenty eighteen, and our whole hashtag was "Bring Joy Home for Christmas," and that's exactly what happened. We were over in country about nineteen days, and she came home just in time for Christmas. And that journey had been about a year, you know, from start to finish. It was quicker than normal, only because I I knew uh, I had a a friend who was actually who sent me her photo and just said her file's coming to the states tomorrow. And she had been in her little um, foster home of heart babies, but she was in and out of an orphanage basically since she was born uh, at four months till five and a half. We picked her up from the orphanage that five and a half years later so yeah so it felt quick once we said yes but still it was actually you know a 17 year journey honestly from when you know we birthed cade with a down syndrome diagnosis and then brought home a little girl uh 17 years later with the down syndrome. so we call them our down syndrome bookends they are they keep life exciting
1: (laughs) <laughs> I love it. And listen, listeners go look up Rebecca Lyons on Instagram because you will fall in love with her family. And, um, I've just, it's, uh, I've been, able, I've been able to watch it sort of unfold. And, um, you know, I feel like people that have adopted, there's, we're almost like I don't know. We're like a community. Like we're like, you get it. Like you get it, you know? And so every time I see her, I know the process is extremely hard, which a lot of people do not talk about uh, how hard adopting, adopting can be before you get the baby and even after in some cases. Um, but I love to see the updates. So go to Instagram and check out Rebecca Lyons and, uh, look at her family. But that was a yes, a surrendered yes, that you guys said yes to. And we want to talk today Mm -hmm. about, um, your new Bible study. uh, I say Bible study, Bible study devotion. I feel like that's interchangeable. Maybe it's not, but, um, Mm -hmm. your new devotional that has just released called a surrendered yes, this is, like I said in my, uh, you know, little quick intro, this is a right now word. Um, mm-hmm. So talk to me about what exactly your goal is with this whole title, which is very pregnant with meaning and purpose. Um, talk to me about your title and what you hope to encourage the, uh, the reader with, with this, uh, with this new devotional. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, it's just basically the, <laughs> the the title is a picture of what we all are experiencing is that life never goes as planned. And if we can just embrace that, I think some people are like, what does surrender actually mean? And I and I would best define it as accepting what is. Accepting what is. And that doesn't mean that you just lay down in the fetal position, though you might have a good ugly cry. Um, But it also means that you release what your plans were. And you say, God, I do choose to trust you in the things I can't see. And so we've, we've kind of over on our team, we've, we've determined that surrender typically falls in five categories, five buckets. And we've created a quiz because we believe that everyone has yeses that come more easily. And then we have yeses that are a lot hard, a lot more hard. And so the, the, the buckets that we've kind of identified are um, relationships, our health, our future, our dreams, and our identity. And so sometimes we hear lies around those things and we just are like, no way. And then sometimes we believe that God is just inviting us actually into, um, his plans and purposes that look different than what we would have imagined. And Mm -hmm. so I know for all of us, we live a life of pivots. Everyone acts like, you know, we all pivoted because of COVID, but the truth is as humans, we always are pivoting daily because let's just be honest, we don't hold the control and we're not the ones who can keep everything together. And I think the sooner Mm. we accept that and receive that as a grace instead of a a loss, then we can set our eyes back on the one who does hold things together. And um, all of a sudden I can be in perfect peace. Like One of my favorite verses is, I will keep her in perfect peace whose mind is fixed on me because she trusts in me. Mm. And every time God has invited me into something that looks different than what I would have imagined, I constantly hear him say, do you trust me? And it's up to me, whether it's a big yes, like, do you want to add to your family or move across the country or shift careers? Or it's an everyday yes, like, do you trust me to lean into that hard conversation you'd rather ignore or um, choose to forgive someone who's not asking for forgiveness? You know, we have little yeses that shift us and our hearts and tune us towards God. And then we have trajectory shifting yeses that come, I believe, as a result of just the everyday yeses that we give God. Mm. Uh,
1: I want to crack into something that I, I really think is a problem, which is the control freaks out there. <laughs> which I yes. think a lot of us are. Um, yes. This uh, this desire to control and to figure out what we need to do next, or what's happening next, or whatever, really leads to the demise of a lot of situations. Um you talk about that in your devotional and um I want you to talk to the to those because I feel like this is just it's everywhere. It's ev- mm-hmm. it's especially women. I mean men struggle mm-hmm. with it too, but I just know a lot of women do. Uh, Control freaks are real. I am one of them. And um, what do you, how do we get free from that desire and need to control? Uh, Because control almost feels like a security at times. Mm -hmm. Like if I can just control the outcome, I'll know what's coming so I don't get blindsided. Um, Why is that a bad thing? And what do you, what do we need to do about it?
0: Well, control is usually masking fear. So it's our way to kind of white knuckle to hold on to take charge of something when we find ourselves in a season where we have no control. So I would say control has ramped. I'm, and it kind of comes in personalities, like I'm a firstborn and I and I would always joke years ago that I was a recovering firstborn type A control freak. And it wasn't, it was just innate. It was kind of like, well, someone's got to Someone's got to carry the responsibility around here, which again is just hilarious because it's like, if it is to be, it is up to me, you know, and that doesn't really give a lot of grace for other people and definitely doesn't give us any grace for ourselves. And that's why we've become so exhausted and bitter and resentful and eventually we burn out. So I'm just speaking to the choir here because that has been something I've struggled with off and on my entire life. And sometimes, I mean, self-control is a good thing, right? Let's, let's be yeah. honest, like temperance, self-regulation, that's very helpful, whether you're on, so, on social media or, you know, you, you're taking something to sleep at night. Like we need to be able to temper ourselves and go, no, I'm, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to give way to this, but where it starts to become unhealthy is that when we're grieving something or we don't, we're almost not recognizing what's behind the control. So as a mom in in the past, I would, I might see something in one of the kids that concerned me. And so instead of, instead of just going vulnerably to them and just said, hey, like, let's talk about this. What's, what's going on here? I would instead try to control the environment to be their rescue, to somehow help them succeed without having real connection and vulnerability um, take place. And so I think as as women, we, we're we barometers of the home. We're barometers of the workplace. We observe without even thinking what needs to be fixed, what needs editing. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so we'll just tackle that under the, the guise of control instead of connection. If we were to just connect with a coworker or a boss or a child or a spouse or a friend and just say, hey, I feel like I'm struggling here and I don't like how I'm responding and everything in me is trying to fix you so that I'm okay, so that I can be okay. Um, Then then we would actually hear the hearts of one another. We would seek to understand. We would um, not so much try to control because we'd realize, oh, I better understand the situation or why this behavior is happening, why it's happening in them, why it's happening in me. Because vulnerability at the root always breeds connection. But usually yeah. when we're controlling, we're doing the opposite of vulnerability. We're not acknowledging our emotions. We're, we're just trying to harness and fix things. So we dropped our son off at college last week. And
1: it oh, was the first my time. God. It, was a,
0: it was a first time. And, um, I had grieved a couple times throughout the year, you know, like counting down the Saturdays that he was going to be under our roof. If I talk too much, I'll probably start crying again. But, um, but I'll never forget the weekend before, like everyone else decides to lose it. Like dad's crying a lot. Kennedy's crying a lot. I was like, I've had my cries. I am head down. I got to get this kid packed for college. I'm going to obsess about which rug to buy, which bedding to buy, and which again was me trying to you know, create some level of control, because I was feeling what they were feeling. But I was like, someone's got to keep their head straight. (laughs) And so Ah. what what happened was through the course of the weekend, everyone's having these wonderful emotional connections with Pierce because they're really feeling all their feelings. And I'm like, we've got to clean out your closet right now. And I've got to go through every memory box, I need to go through your dad's closet, because he might have some pants that you could wear, which of let's be honest dad's closet did not need cleaned out before son went to college. And and my husband finally goes, Hey, you're really like stressed out trying to like clean out every nook and cranny in our house to quote unquote pack our son. And he goes, is this really about the closet? And I was so Mm -hmm.
1: mad. I was like, you are not my therapist. (laughs) That is so real. I don't even know. Like, that is so real. I, I was like, well,
0: don't you start to tell me what I need emotionally. You are not the guru. But he was right. Yeah. And then, of course, we get up there and I'm like, I'm able to feel and I'm able to lament and grieve. And honestly, I was like, why did this hit me sideways? For us, you know, it was almost like, again, a reminder, like, life looks like this. Like, you raise kids. You raise you raise kids, you do the best you can, and eventually they they grow up, and they're supposed to grow up. And you want that to happen, but you don't. You know, it's at the same time you yeah. don't. And then I realized it's like the last scene of Toy Story 3, where ch- it's, it's a symbol of childhood being lost. It's done. And I was like, this is the last time we'll have all of our kids under our roof. Mm-hmm. And it just, like, happened overnight, and we weren't ready for it, and we cried the whole way home. But... <laughs> But when I was able to actually say that and feel it, all of a sudden the control is gone. It's yeah. like, I, you're gonna be okay. And me like making sure that every single thing in your room is hung perfectly and your towels are folded perfectly. Trust me, that is not gonna look like that 24 hours after I leave. <laughs> but it was my yeah. my need for it to be okay so I could be okay. And I honestly think that's what control is rooted in. It's like, we need the circumstance to be okay so that we can be okay because truly when we're controlling, it's because we're not okay. And we're trying to find something in the season of COVID or lockdowns or our kids losing school connections. Um, We're trying whatever we can do to grasp onto something that we have agency to change.
1: Hmm. And
0: that's, that's real. And that's okay.
1: Listen, I am so right there with you. My kids, I'm about to have a 16 year old. So she's my oldest. And I'm like, I'm counting the years. I'm like, this is going to be, you only have two more first days of school. I told her the her. she's like, mom, oh my gosh, like you don't understand. I know it's coming. And I like, you know, my parents were like, see ya, you know, 18 and out. I'm not like, I told my dad the other day, I like my kids, dad. I like, I like them. I want them to day. It's true. I don't think you liked us as much as I like my kids.
0: And I do think it's a generational thing. I think we show as parents, our kids our emotions more than our parents showed us.
1: For real.
0: I I really truly think it was the era that they lived in raising kids versus us. This is just a more vulnerable culture uh, today because you have the unfiltered, unedited medium of social media. People are just being real. And so there's good things about it. And then there's unhealthy things about it, of course. But the good things is that I think we are, because we've given a lot of energy, my 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 story obviously had um, panic disorder 10 years ago, anxiety, depression, my journey of mental health and writing all these books around mo- mental health um, have made me very in tune <laughs> with vulnerability <laughs> because I know that vulnerability leads to connection. And connection, we all want to belong. We yeah. all want to belong. And and so th- that's why I think we are more. We confide more in our kids. We share our hearts more. Um, we find that when we do, they lean in too. You know, we, we like our kids. Yes. And when we like them, they typically start to like us back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I think that's a good thing. And yeah. that's what real love does. Real love says, I'm still going to give everything knowing I'm going to launch you. And it's going to hurt like heck.
1: <laughs> so I want to I want to go back to what you said when we first started talking about um, uh, control. You said control is usually masking fear. And I I had you on the show a couple years ago, and you were talking about just just the freedom that you found from fear. But I I would like to just touch on that a second, and then I want to end the show talking about being free how do we with our yes with our surrendered yes how do we live free
0: um, yeah. so
1: talk to me about just you you went through uh I'll let you tell it tell me about your uh, anxiety and and when, when you found freedom yeah
0: so it was two years of pretty a uh, year and a half of pretty intense panic attacks in New York City we lived there uh, with our kids at the time we were five seven and nine so going through the the thick of elementary school and I just had my anxiety was Panic was rooted in claustrophobia. So I avoided planes, trains, elevators, subways, and crowds, which oh. is impo- impossible when you live in New York City to avoid those things. So, in
1: New York's. City? Yeah, I was how like, how did
0: you do that? <laughs> I was like, great timing, lord, you know? Um, I basically just started to sh- like shrink back from my life. I became a shell of myself. I would ro- I would walk everywhere, but then of course I was late to everything, especially when it's like nine flights of stairs at Bloomingdale's to the kids section. <laughs> oh. And so, I just remember um jumping on and off elevators, jumping on and off subways really quick before the doors would shut because I l- literally believed that if I can't get out of here. I will die. It was like very much a claustrophobic thing. And so I went through the, the healing journey, but God did meet me one night when I just cried out, rescue me, deliver me. I cannot do this without you. Cause at that point I just stopped living and, um, I just wouldn't go many places. I was always sad. And, um, I felt flooded with the peace of God in that, in that cry, in that desperate cry. I remember the date. It was September twentieth of twenty eleven. So we're almost at a decade starting wow. now. And and then the Lord invited me on a healing journey because he can we can get free, but then we want to run free, right? It's not one it's one thing to pull us out of the pit of anxiety, depression, panic disorder, whatever the big thing is. But then what, right? Like, how do we actually then start to venture back out? How do we build our confidence again? How do we have rhythms, which is what this last book project was about, was like, what are the rhythms that bring life that are just everyday yeses? And so I talk about that this in this devotional, what are the everyday yeses that God's saying? Hey, if you do this and make this a cadence of health, you will be free. You'll get to not only get free, but you'll get to live free. Live free. And you'll get to run free. And that, is the goal, right? That not that we just have a killer year like five years ago. And then from now on, it's all downhill. (laughs) The goal is that we learn this long obedience in the same direction where we live a life of faithfulness and strength. And that that really does require work that requires investment. And so really practical um, devotional entries are all about our morning routine or our commitment to sleep, our commitment to quiet our commitment to um, saying yes to God first in the cool of, you know, in that sunrise moments or out for walks. Um, And then, and then pursuing that, like I said, in relationships, pursuing that vulnerability, pursuing that honesty, pursuing forgiveness, pursuing apologizing first. Those are all practices um, that we talk about in this devotional, whether it's everyday yeses that lead to big yeses that lead to trajectory shifting yeses. Knowing that um we've God made our bodies and he knows what we need and he uses all means necessary for our healing.
1: Mm. I, I just want to stop real quick because I know um we have a lot of listeners that that feel like they can't be free and they can't live free. They might find freedom in Christ in a verse, but maintaining freedom is almost like pfft, a yeah. tsunami of like that ain't happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um uh, this, you guys listen up, listen to what Rebecca is telling us. She is saying that she has found freedom and she has lived free for almost 10 years, which by the way, that's incredible. Like praise God for that. Mm. Wow. Um. So I want, I want to encourage those of you that are listening right now. It is possible. Don't yeah. let the enemy tell you anything other than it is possible. And we have living proof that it is possible in, uh, in Rebecca's whole story. Um, as we sort of segue to, to the end of our show today, I, um, I want you to talk, you, you talk about the surrendered yes, but you also talk about how a no is also a surrendered yes. Okay. Am I reading that correctly?
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Talk
1: to me about that and then we'll close out.
0: Well, partly it's, uh, When Way Closes, there's a chapter I love in a book that I really um, have leaned on for a few years. And it was this idea of like, sometimes we're always looking for God to show us what's next. But sometimes when he closes doors, that has the same guiding effect, if that makes sense. Mm, And so often sometimes we'll hold on to something. Like if I were to say, hey, Pierce, I just don't want you to go to college. Will you please stay (laughs) home forever? Like that would actually be really um, damaging. And sometimes we hold on to seasons longer than we should. Um, like, you know, like the, the horse is dead. It's like, no, we're going to keep riding. It's like, nope, we're done. And I think sometimes it takes real honesty to, to recognize that and go, okay, Lord, you're ending an era and you're beginning a new one. And I, and I don't like the transition. I don't like it because I don't have any control in it. I don't really see clearly what's next. Um, but, um, one of the quotes in the devotional is that you cannot see the unknown until you release the known. And so we, we, we hold so tight to the plans that worked two years ago, pre COVID. And God's like, Nope, this is a new day and Mm -hmm. it's going to require more trust, more rest in me, more confidence that this is not about you. Like I'm going to, you got to trust that I have something greater. And I think we get caught, we get caught in the middle and your earlier reference of how do you live? What's the difference of like reading a verse or actually living free? And I think what I, the paramount difference of just reading the scriptures alone and then pairing that with the embodied action of living free. That's when it changed for me. It wasn't that I just read my Bible. It was that I would go walking and I would listen to a sermon or I would go serve someone that that wasn't in my community that I didn't know. It was the action The physical embodiment of taking proactive steps of freedom in rhythm that kind of made the the shift. A lot of times in churches, it's like we pray for things and then we stop. And God's saying, hey, I want you to still join me in the renewal of things. And that means use your actual leg. legs. (laughs) legs. <laughs> and that it connects the dots between just what our mind wants to spin and our bodies um, get involved. And I, and so whether it's eating clean or serving the poor or um, like leading something that requires risk or, or surrender or sacrifice, I think the physical act is what keeps us on that path to freedom. And it's not like it's every day's perfect. Of course, there's moments where we have doubt. A hundred percent, I have that all the time. But I still get honest with God. I get outside. I, get, I listen to the Bible on app on my while I'm walking. I just, I, I meet Jesus in the movement. And honestly, mm. that helps release serotonin in my brain, which is the happy hormone naturally. And all of a sudden Mm. it lifts my mood. It gives me well being, positivity. And that's just what God did when he made our brains. He said, if you just move your body, um, you will actually feel better mentally. And so all those things, um, when you, when you put them together, you realize like God really does make our brains and he gives us practices that help us live in the fullness of what he wants for us.
1: That is so, um, that was really great. (laughs) Um, You said, you know, if you kept your son from going to college, it wouldn't be healthy. My six-year-old told me this morning, she goes, I'm not going to, this is actually what she said this morning in the car on the way to school. I'm not going to college because I'm going to stay with you forever. And I was like, that's okay. That would be wonderful. And my husband's like elbowing me like, oh my gosh, shut up. She's, you know, (laughs) of course I want the best for you, but that's how you feel in the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. I love that you said, hang on to things uh, too long um, because we don't like the transition or it's uncomfortable or whatever. Um, Beautiful way. I think to end this, um, sometimes we just need to let it go. Let it go, yeah. let those seasons go, and like I'll go back to what you said in the beginning. Uh, re- refer back to even what God said to you and what He says all throughout the scripture. Do you trust me? Do you yeah. trust me with this transition? Do you trust me with your child? Clearly, we know that God loves our kids more than we do, yet, yeah. how is that possible? It's like, I know, <laughs> I know you do, but it's like. Really? Like, I don't even know how you would do that. Do you trust me? Do you trust me? I love that. Okay, so this is the deal, um, guys, you got to go get this devotional. It's called a surrendered yes, um, Rebecca Lyons. It's fifty two. Am I reading that right? Fifty two yes. de- devotions to let go-, go and to live free. It is available. I am assuming everywhere. You could, you could. They could probably order it everywhere: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, the whole thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Rebecca, tell us where we can find you if we want to, like you know, hang out and um, on social and and those kind of things.
0: Yes, absolutely. It's just my name, at Rebecca Lyons, R-E-B-E-K-A-H-L-Y-O-N-S. A A little different spelling, but yes, RebeccaLyons.com. You'll find all the things, and then just at Rebecca Lyons on every social platform.
1: Okay, perfect. All right, guys, you got some homework. Go pick up this devotional, find some freedom, say no to some things, but say yes to some other things. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for being on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me. Always a good time with you, girl. To find out how you can get a copy of Gangster Prayer, Autumn's latest book, go to autumnmiles.com.